Uh, welcome, everyone. Small Town Famous, Coffee, Bourbon, and the Grit in Between. We are trying something new today. I am your host and podcast creator, Ian, and I am using Spotify Green Room to have my first long-distance uh, question and answer, Q&A, interview. I don't even want to recall it as an interview with a good police friend of mine. And I've created a false name for this person and department because you know that there's the cancerous uh, Karens out there that'll try to nitpick everything and twist words. So this is Officer Tay Zer from uh, from <laughs> from Pep Spray uh, Police Department. <laughs> so, uh, Officer Tay, I think that's this is the only time I'm gonna I'm gonna even say your name. Uh, say hi. Hello. And. Uh, I understand that you have a lot that you probably want to say, given in the last year and a half of events. And we as first responders, especially police, we know that we have to be careful what we say because it'll get twisted and bent in ways that work against us. Yes. More so cops and firefighters. So here's your opportunity to say what you want to say and hopefully be totally fine. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so too. But yeah, I, I, I think you will. I don't. I don't think it'll be an issue. Um, yeah, I think we'll be good. So I guess first basic question, uh, and we'll go from here, is what made you want to become a police officer? And I'm not going to ask how long you've been doing it because I think that's too much information. So what made you want to become a cop? You know, like the there's always the stereotypical answer of like you want to you want to help people and all that, and of course that's like. You know, everyone wants to do that, you know, but that, more specifically, I, I wanted to do it because it's like, uh, you know, you get to drive cars fast, you get to <laughs> carry guns, you get to uh, do something different every single day. Um, there's no way I could sit behind a desk every single day and do the same mm. thing over and over and over. Um, but we'll get into that, I'm sure, later, as it seems like I do the same thing pretty much every single day because there's just the <laughs> repeat of the repeat offenders, you know? Yeah. It's kind of funny how that works out. I, I think I was the same way. I mean, nine 11 had a big impact on me wanting to be a firefighter. I kind of didn't really know it then, but right. like I wanted to do something when that event happened and I was only 14 at the time, you know, granted if I could have joined the Marines at that age and go kick some ass, I probably would have, but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. So over the years and how I kind of got into firefighting, you know, that's, I keep going back. It's like, you know, I wanted to help people in events that are probably the worst events in their lives. And that was totally out of their control. Those are the ones that I like helping. Yeah. But you of all people know that you run into probably 90% of the most shittiest people on the planet uh, versus the other way around, you know, like, you know, helpless, total helpless people that was out of their control. Yeah, I mean, where I work, it's a lot of, I mean, the majority of where I work is obviously nice people. I mean, I mean the majority of the United States is just nice people, but we just deal with, you're right, 90% 90, 90 of the people I deal with are, it's bring their problems upon themselves and just expect us to come solve them. But I don't yeah. know, it, pay, it pays the bills, so. It does. <laughs> and and it, it's shitty, too, because, I don't know, you've probably run into the typical person that's like, uh, well, I pay your salary, Technically, you work for me, blah, blah, blah. I've run into 
some of those folks in my short period of being a full-time firefighter already. How do you deal with that? Um, I don't know. I mean, most of the time when people are saying stuff, and I have run into it a few times, I mean, most of the time when people are saying stuff like that, you just, one, they don't because police salaries, at least where I work, are um, paid by property taxes. And the bums that are telling me that don't own property. So yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, that's funny a good point. That. Um, that's I a mean, good point. Yeah. So it's, I just, I'm, it gets under your skin a little bit, but I've never gotten upset about it. You know, I don't lose sleep over it. So, yeah, I'm going to try to inv- invite dad again. He says he's having trouble getting into it <laughs> there. I sent him another one. So, um, Let's backpedal. So, so prior to George Floyd, let's just we'll just kick it off from here. Prior to George Floyd, how was being a police officer then? And then, when you're done with that, explain how being a cop changed after George Floyd. Hmm. I mean. Before George Floyd, it was a lot personally, and I think my coworkers would all say the same. It's a lot less like when we're using force now, we're definitely second guessing everything we do because our admin Mm -hmm. is triple guessing everything we do to make sure it looks good in the public's eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, second guessing everything we do is not always a bad thing. Right. I mean, it's making sure we're doing the right thing, but it's also in our line of work could be extremely dangerous. Um, So before George Floyd, I don't think I ever second guessed anything that I like while I was doing it or before I did it. I never second guessed any force that I use. It was just my my training kicked in and I just I did it. Um, But now I'm definitely in the back of my head second guessing what I'm doing to make sure it's obviously the least amount of force as possible and making it look PC. So my admin doesn't get up my ass about it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, second guessing my dad's always said this quote, like he who hesitates dies. So you're kind of screwed. It's, it's like, yeah, second guessing can be a good thing, but at the same time, you know, and this, this is one of my things that, that, gets me going is the public's eye, all these Facebook keyboard warriors that think they know how, what it is to be a cop. They, they don't understand the millisecond that's between life or death. And I don't, I don't even understand it in regards to, you know, going against someone that has a weapon, you know, it's, it's a different story when there's a possibility of structural collapse and fire over my head. And yes, there's milliseconds of decisions. Like I need I need to make a decision now or something's going to happen. Same concept, but I think yours is obviously a little bit more dangerous, just as unpredictable as mine. But it just drives me nuts how there's people out there that don't understand that, that millisecond of decision that you have to make that might determine you getting shot or stabbed or shooting someone else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and I didn't even understand it when I, before I signed up, but it's just, uh, it's insane, man. We like, Last week, we had a call of a guy that pointed a pistol, an AR-15, and a scoped rifle 
in the span of about two hours at four different officers and none of them shot him, which Mm -hmm. worked out. Right. I mean, thankfully, thank God it worked out. No one got hurt. Even the suspect didn't get hurt. Um, But that's just, I think that, and I wasn't there, so I'm not going to Monday morning quarterback him and say that they should have or shouldn't have shot the guy. But I think honestly, and me knowing those guys that, they were second guessing themselves and thankfully it just happened to work out where the guy didn't shoot them, you know? Yeah. So that's what is scary that I think beforehand, before George Floyd, most of my stress, internal stress was out on the street, like trying to be safe as possible, keep myself safe, everybody else safe. And now after George Floyd, my internal stress is, getting in trouble by my administration because something I did doesn't look good. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good way of putting it. I wouldn't never been able to word it that way. Um, cause you guys have to worry about stuff more than we do. But so breaking down George Floyd from what I can remember, cause it's been a while since I've read anything about it. It's obviously the incident itself, I think has died down to just about a minimum. I mean, the, effect is still going blm is still going the whole defund the police thing is still going it's not as raging fire as it was but it's still out there you still got your hardcore believers you have your your uh virtue signaling signaling liberal white girls with blue hair and pierced nose like like ranting for it you know black lives matter you don't even see a whole lot of minorities pushing for it it's always a specific uh group on a specific political platform. Um, So if you can offer your opinion from what you've seen and read, and I don't know if you've seen or read more than I have being a cop, the whole incident of George Floyd, um, what you think was right and wrong. I I don't know how to put this, but I mean, did, did the officers do something totally wrong were they in the wrong majority or not i mean in my opinion when i first i'll give my opinion when i first saw it i I saw it when it first hit the internet like fresh like six minutes out there so for the first 20 minutes of my life after i watched that i was like wow it was only one angle okay i didn't even know there was three other guys two other guys i think it was three other holding the guy down behind the first white officer i don't remember his name um, I thought it was just him. And I was like, ah, that's pretty, that's pretty screwed up. I just watched a guy die in front of me. And then I remember thinking this might have some backing to it. And then I drove like three miles and then I pop open my Facebook feed. And at first it was officer uses excessive, excessive force on man. That's how it was like labeled in the article. 20 minutes later, it was white officer kills black man. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and so for 20 minutes, I think a lot of America that saw that video first was like, wow, that's, that's screwed. Like we were all on the side of, Hey, the officers in 100% in the wrong. We don't know the whole story, but it looks pretty screwed up as compared to what we've seen in the past that it's like, eh, that guy was probably an asshole and there's probably more to the story. And you probably held a gun to the cop before the cop killed him. And all they recorded was him was the cop killing the dude. Yeah. So what do you think? How do you think the officers handled the situation? I guess. I mean, 
I don't think he handled it well, right? I mean, there's no reason. I mean, he did what he he did he did wrong. I don't think he did it right. He didn't handle it well. He there's no reason for him to be on the guy's neck for eight minutes because he had other people there. I mean, for my and I I honestly have I've been trying to avoid most of it. I haven't. Um, I've watched the video, I think, once. I haven't done a whole lot of reading on it. Um, but obviously, there were other officers there. Mm-hmm. A crowd was forming. At, at, at one point, he was in the back of the patrol car and um, said he couldn't breathe. So they bring him out so he can breathe, right? Which is mm-hmm. prop- proper. But when the crowd is forming and he's continuing to resist, it's just my opinion that you need to so- you need to solve the problem, right? Because that's what you do as a police officer on everything is you're just there to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So solving the problem there would have been putting him back in the car and going somewhere else. Sitting on him until he calms down, which probably isn't going to happen, obviously, because he also had multiple drugs in his system, um, isn't, a, isn't the right move. Um, I don't think it was right what he did now the backlash of it i am kind of on the other side of the fence i mean the the cops were he didn't purposely kill him i don't think um he wasn't out there to murder him i just think he made a bad move um yeah and then the with the rest of them that have come up the wisconsin one and all that are completely the atlanta one those are all in my opinion completely justified but this one was and I'm all about backing cops, but this one was the one that I was kind of like, it just makes us all look bad, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I read a little bit further into the officer that killed him, you know, their, their, their ammunition against him was he had several, uh, he was a racist. He had several complaints um, in the past of like sketchy reports that he was picking and choosing black people and treating black people like this. So my, my first thing off the, off the top of my head was, well, were these minorities that simply just went straight to the race card because he was white and filed a complaint or said something, commented something in regards to it's because I'm black and he's white and he doesn't like black people. And I feel like, of course, they're going to document and write that down. And it's going to go into his record as what was said from the person that he had arrested. So, I mean, is, I, I know that's a thing. Is, is that a thing? You, you yes. know what I'm saying? Like, he was accused yeah. as a racist, and he might not have been, and it just so happened that five people accused him as a racist, and those five people happened to be minorities pulling the race card. Absolutely. That could definitely happen. I mean, at least in every department that I'm aware of, anybody can call in and complain, and it has to be documented when it gets called in as a complaint. Now, it can be documented as founded or unfounded but you know the media isn't gonna distinguish between the two you know they're just gonna say he had 28 complaints whether 28 of them were unfounded they're not gonna tell you that you know yeah because people call in to complain about everything most of the time people aren't every single decision that a cop makes right on duty is someone's not going to agree with it say you go to a a domestic or something, you arrest somebody, obviously the person that's getting arrested isn't going to agree with it. And a lot of times mm-hmm. the victim's not going to agree with it. So they're going to complain about it, even though that's what a, a law was broken and someone needs to go to jail, you know? Yeah. So it's just, you're not, everyone's going to agree with us and that's why you're going to get complaints and they're always documented. And that, and that's, I, I feel like, I know it's 
doesn't matter what I feel, but I, I feel like those four or five complaints he had in the past, I, I'm, I'm, I think I could safely say like they were probably unfounded. They, they were bullshit. Yeah. I mean, how many times has that happened to you? Maybe you were accused of being racist because you did something to a minority and, oh, Officer Tay is a racist. I don't think I've ever been accused of being a racist. Um, but, I mean, people calling complaints on us all the time. I mean, not all the time, I guess. Probably, I don't know, once a month you get a complaint for giving someone a ticket that's not happy about it. Or I've had a uh, use of force complaint before where someone was in handcuffs in the back of my car, got her seatbelt off began laying on her back. So her hands are behind her back. So she's laying on her handcuffs and she's trying to kick my back window out. Mm -hmm. So then she comes in a couple days later and she has bruises on her wrists and she's saying, I use too much force because she has bruises on her wrist. Well, the bruises came from her laying on her back, trying to kick my window out. Yes. There's no (laughs) way that I gave her any bruises. So, I mean, yeah, we get complaints. All of us do even like the, the good, the cops that don't do anything even get complaints. I mean, it's it's just constant. So, so it's probably safe to say that almost every single cop is going to have something, quote unquote, on their record of a complaint, and a, and media can run with it however they want and and twist it and turn it into this guy's had uh, a history of being a bad cop, and yes. it might not even be the case. So, I mean, yes, that's absolutely. And I don't know where. I don't know as far as departments in my area i don't know how the media would get a hold of them and i don't know what's accessible to the media but i do know that most and 98 percent of the complaints that come in are unfounded you know so mm-hmm. and they're but they still have to be documented yeah. so and if the media gets a hold of those like i said they're not going to tell you that they're unfounded yeah and what another thing that got me too with with george floyd is i know they concentrated on the one white guy it's funny because you could still see the uh, Asian guy behind him who was like, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> like walking officer? around. Yeah, there was, a, there was an Asian police officer uh, that was standing up. And then there was two other officers on George Floyd, one of which looked like Puerto Rican. And then there was another white guy. So, But in a day, it was white cops kill black guy. Yeah. And uh, I just, I'm like, guys, even the first angled footage, the first footage that came out, not the police cams, because um, you saw a lot of information when they released the body cameras, but the bystanders angle, like it was just the white guy initially on the neck and then the short Asian dude. And and I'm like, it's clear that it's like a mixed unit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's racially mixed already. This has nothing to do with, white cops tracking down a black guy who I remember when reports came out, he had enough fentanyl in the system, which was causing the breathing issues to begin with, not them pinning him on the neck. Cause you said that he was having trouble breathing in the back of the car. So they got him out. Right. Yeah. I mean, they act like the cops were called there. I mean, he used a counterfeit bill. The cops were called there. They're not, they're not purposely hunting him down. Like, the the cop didn't go to work that day saying, I'm going to go kill George Floyd. I'm going to go find him and kill him. He was called there because he was using a counterfeit bill. And then he he resisted arrest. And like I said before, just because you resist arrest and you use a counterfeit bill, I don't think you should die. But mm-hmm. And the cop did 
not use good tactics and someone that's resisting arrest, but George Floyd did in a way put himself in that situation. He shouldn't yep. have died for doing what he did. I agree. He in a way put himself in that situation. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much, I think we could beat George Floyd to death all day. The only other one that I can remember, and you might've, there was at least a dozen, I think that happened last year that made news just shitting on cops, but the Breonna Taylor one. Yeah. Do you remember much about that? I have a little bit of memory from it from what I read. Um, but I'll let I, you start with it first, and then I'll, I'll try to remember while you, while you talk. <laughs> and once again, I don't like, I'm not an expert on any of these because I just, I honestly try to avoid it because I don't want to get upset or angry or I don't want to, like I said earlier, second guess myself on some of the stuff. But I mean, you can't avoid a lot of them, right? So based off what I understand is the police went there to serve a no-knock warrant on her boyfriend because he's a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the warrant, it also mentioned her possibly being involved in the drug dealing and stuff like that. They have a no-knock warrant, but they did knock and announce police multiple times. They bash the door open, and the guy is standing at the end of the hallway with a gun, so they shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, She was standing behind him, I think, is what I read, and I could yep. be wrong. Um, and that's just probably what's – I mean, that's you're stuck in a sit- shitty situation there as a cop, right? I mean, you have a gun pointed at you. You want to defend yourself, and bullets travel through things, even people. And if you miss, you're going to hit her. Like, it's just a shitty situation. Um, I do think that the media, she, once again, I don't think she was murdered. There was no racism involved in that. Um, But it was just a shitty situation. I mean, the cops had a no-knock warrant and did announce themselves, which, according to witnesses, they announced themselves multiple times, yelling police. So once again, that guy put himself and Breonna Taylor in that situation and the cops had to react to it. If yeah. they were to bang the door in and he comes out with his hands up and she comes out with her hands up, they'd both still be alive, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have a few questions I'll read off from uh, someone typing in chat, someone. Uh, but we'll keep on with Breonna Taylor before I do that. So you were right about her being in the hallway. Uh, this one I read fairly deep into uh, about a, maybe nine months ago. So she was hiding behind the gentleman with a gun. So if we remember the initial story that leaked out from the communist news networks that we have is <laughs> she was in bed sleeping and basically the SWAT team or whomever went in and killed her in bed. And that was the story that they, that they ran with for the longest time. They ended up changing it to more so what actually happened, but it was so ingrained in the viewer's mind that I can go up to, if I pick 10 people that have opposing views of me, and then I ask them, tell me about Breonna Taylor, eight out of 10 are going to tell me she was murdered in bed still. Even if they can see on the news, the, the Clinton News Network, CNN or whatever, that, they'll, that they changed what happened, they still think that she was in bed sleeping when she was shot and killed, and she, they painted her to be this, uh, she was a first responder, uh, EMS or paramedic. Um, little do they know, she 
had stopped doing that like months or even a year prior to her dying, her involvement in with her boyfriend and all these sketchy guys was she handled the money. She handled all the drug money. So granted that's probably the most innocent thing you can do in a whole illegal operation of that. You're you're not giving drugs to kids. Uh, She wasn't from what I know, stealing drugs, which I kind of question if she was a paramedic or EMT, you know, she's around some certain things in the back of the ambulance or back at their station where they stock up on stuff. So, I mean, that's a whole nother rabbit hole I could probably get down to. She mm-hmm. was fired or quit her job for some reason. And, but she's also dating sketchy drug dealers and users and whatnot. So who knows? But I know she was handling the money. There was a phone call released of a script where one of the guys that was arrested in that house he made a phone call to another gentleman, not a lawyer, another friend. And they were discussing, you know, where, where's my money? Bree had, Bree had $9,000, 9K. And then the guy's like, well, you know, we, were, we had it. And then the cops came in and we started busting first and then they shot back. So when I saw that, I was like, so whatever slang he used, <laughs> I'm assuming it means we shot and then they shot back is what he said. That's an exact yeah, quote. Which is what happens. Yeah, that, that's you know the reason why you guys carry a gun. A lot of people think you guys carry guns to protect the public. And in my opinion, and tell me if I'm wrong, you guys carry guns to protect yourselves. Right. I mean, yeah, other than like an active shooter situation, right? If there's someone yeah. shooting at a school, then we're... Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, you there? Yeah, you cut out for a bit. You said active shooter, and then you cut out. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, 99% of the time, it'd be to protect ourselves. But like an active shooter situation, you're going in there to to stop the threat of the active shooter. So in that situation, we wouldn't be carrying it to... I mean, obviously, we'd carry it to protect ourselves if yeah, they put it gun. But someone's in there actively murdering someone. Yeah, we're going to... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I get that. But there, I can't remember. There was a discussion I was having, and and there was a cop at the time another friend of mine and just the way he worded it was you know we actually in most cases we're carrying the gun to protect ourselves yes yeah so yeah so that was uh i stopped kind of looking into most of them there was the more recent one i can remember where the guy uh had a knife someone called the police because he was sexually harassing someone and then he went back for a knife and then the cop was like right there and ended up shooting him like seven times wisconsin yeah, I think was, so. The guy, the guy lived, and he's like paralyzed for the rest of his life. And you know, he got like three million dollars from GoFundMe yeah. because people felt sorry for him. <laughs> but, uh, but once again, I remember reading in the, that situation. It's just it's insane yeah. to me that these people are putting themselves in bad situations. That and that one, like I don't think he deserved to. He didn't die, but I mean, and I don't think anyone deserves to die. But he should have been like. He's lucky he's alive, right? Because that was a completely justified shooting, too. And it was already ruled justified. But I don't know. Then you have these cities paying out millions and millions of dollars for justified shootings. And that doesn't... That makes a a cop feel like, oh, cool. Like, my city doesn't have my back, you know? Even though Mm -hmm. I did my job and it was ruled justified, they're still giving this guy millions of dollars for grabbing a knife and forcing me to shoot him. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't dig into that, which I did. I found the initial phone call of who who called 911 
because of him. And he was like sexually harassing his girlfriend or former girlfriend at the time, his ex-girlfriend. I mean, to a point where, and I'm going to get a little kind of gross, but the initial call was he was like forcing his hand down her pants and like accusing her to, of seeing someone else and being really creepy and gross. And then it turned into somehow they were in the car and then the cops finally caught up and then that's what you saw. But this guy was like a total piece of shit from the get go. Like, I think she had a protection order or whatever against him as well. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even supposed to be there. And he had a warrant, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so we're kind of uh, <laughs> running into the same thing. All of these people, minus Breonna Taylor, but granted, she was surrounded by a piece of shit people. Am I, or are you? struggling individuals that chose the life of crime i'll be i'll be nice and say it that way um it's kind of turning into a pattern absolutely the pattern is these people put themselves in these bad situations and once again just because you put your you make a bad decision and put yourself in a bad situation doesn't mean you should die but if you point a gun at a cop you're probably going to die you know it's just frustrating and then you get the the media saying or not necessarily the media but people on comments and all the crap saying well they're cops they know that that's the risk of their job is to die potentially and that's true we all are under, we all understand that mm-hmm. but then why don't these criminals know that a risk of their job might be they might die you know that's that's exactly what i was about to say like it goes it goes both ways Absolutely. criminals they, they say cops know what the cops and firefighters uh, and military or anyone that puts their lives in danger, they know what they signed up for. And then nowadays, I, I try to remember, I respond with, well, criminals knew what they signed up for, too. Yeah. And that involves That's- potential death, whether by law enforcement or another criminal. <laughs> Correct. And I guarantee, even if you're a... I've, I've dealt with criminals the whole time I've been a, a cop, and they... If you're a criminal, you don't doesn't mean you have to like carry a gun and point a gun at a cop, right? You can still be a criminal and not die. You're just going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. If you comply, you're not going to die. Ninety, you're literally more likely to get struck by lightning than die at the hands of the police. So, yeah, it's that's, frustrating, man. That's true. Uh, let me uh, ask some questions. Uh, so, since George Floyd incident, has your department had to go through retraining for de-escalating? Yes. Um, yeah, we, there haven't been anything like super intensive. It's just, we've been having to do a couple online things. Um, and then our department got defunded a couple I don't want to be specific about it, but they got defunded money, um, that had to go into, um, de-escalation training that we don't, you were researching the training that money is going into that. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And do you do you have body cams and whatnot? We don't, but that's another thing that uh our city is spending like hundreds of millions of dollars or not hundreds of millions, a couple million dollars to to buy. So I think in a year or two we'll have them. How do you, how do you feel about them? You think it's uh I'm all about it, man. I don't yeah. I mean everything we do we don't have body cams, we have pocket recorders that we have to turn on. So everything I do is vocally recorded um and if it's like a traffic stop or something like that it is also video recorded um if i'm in a house obviously my car is not recording me but um yeah i'm I'm all about it i think it's it'll protect me more than it would 
hurt me, you know, I don't yeah. think there's, cause I don't think any cops really go in to hurt anybody purposely. So it's just there to protect you. I think the body cams are. Yeah. I think in the long run, I, I agree too. I think in the long run, it's going to backfire on a lot of the people that are like, get them all body cams and let's see what's really going on. And then yeah. I think there's going to be more cops saved in the long run. So they're going to see it and realize like, wow, uh, this person had it coming or wow. Uh, there was more to the story than what the media saw. And that's I, if that, that footage gets thrown out there, obviously, but I completely agree. But yeah, I think that a lot of it's going to be either the footage isn't going to be released by the news because it doesn't fit what they want it to fit or if it's, it's technology, right? If it fails, yeah. it's going to look bad on the cop. And technology fails quite a bit, at least in my experience. So, yeah. Um, with that, then that would suck, right? Like you get in a shooting and all of a sudden your camera just doesn't work just because it's, it's battery died or it's a camera or something and it isn't working. And that just looks terrible for the cop, right? Yeah. And it's going to happen. And yes. what drives me nuts too about media is, isn't it strange how, you know, they always pick the incidences that are like 50, 50 skeptical. Like the argument can go both ways. I mean, like, let's go back to the guy that got shot seven times and survived because he reached for a knife, you know, like, yeah, he's reaching for something, but the image is blurred and doesn't look. And it kind of creates, they create two sides of the argument. They'll never release like a story of clearly a, a gentleman pulling out a gun and pointing it at the cop and then the cop pulling out his gun, or if it's not already drawn and then shooting the guy. Cause yeah. that, that would, that wouldn't create an argument. It would be like, Oh, well that guy clearly got shot because he was pointing a gun, but it just drives me nuts how they always, they always nitpick the ones that they know will create two sides, maybe three. And then everyone's freaking fighting over it. I, Cause you obviously know you and I both agree that that's what they want. Yes, absolutely. What I mean, that's what makes them money, you know, and I get it. They got it. I think they're slowly ruining and dividing our country, but if that's what makes money, that's what makes money, you know, and that's what, that's a shame, but yeah, it is what it is, you know? So another question, have you found a decline in recruitment in your department? Oh, that's a good question. It's been a super hot topic in our department. Actually, we cannot find anybody to work for us and we pay we get we pay well um and we can't find hardly anybody to work for us we've been having i think we've had four or five hiring processes in the last six months probably about one a month and we're have hired four people out of all of them and none of them have started yet either so i know our total number of applications are down um and just finding good qualified people anymore just is super hard to do because honestly any smart person right which is what you want for any employee mm-hmm. is a good smart educated person doesn't want to be a cop anymore yeah so have, have you this might get on a little personal level but have you felt lately that maybe all this craziness you might want to change your mind on doing what you do because I know there's a there's a bunch of police on the West Coast. I think Oregon just lost their entire SWAT team because of all the stuff that's been going on, all the defunding, the demanding, um, the accusations. And I'm pretty sure I've only looked into two articles. I try to do like five or six <laughs> before I make a determination like it's not bullshit. But I'm pretty sure Oregon just lost their entire SWAT team. It was Portland Police's uh, riot team. Portland. Okay. Yeah. Which that's 
because one of them got indicted for um, assault for pushing a reporter or something like that that wouldn't mm. move out of the way when they were doing their line. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> Portland's riot team is no longer, which they need because people in Portland like to riot over stupid things. And and I meant to say Portland. I don't know why I said Oregon. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's what I meant to say, Portland. That's crazy though. So have you ever felt the need, like you know what? I'm tossing in my badge. No. Not really. I mean, Good. my department is, <laughs> if I worked for Portland or Seattle or Minneapolis, absolutely. But, um, All the blue cities. <laughs> yeah. But mainly, I mean, I haven't, if a good opportunity arose, I probably would. But yeah. um, like I said, I mean, we, for police departments, we get paid pretty well and our community is pretty, pretty good towards us. So no, I haven't really thought about it. That's good. I mean, I, I get specific areas where, I mean, I can't even imagine, like, anywhere on the West Coast being any a cop big, right now. Yeah. Any big city I really wouldn't want to work in, honestly. Yeah. Just because it's New York, they're, ter- they're terrible. Their crime rate is through the roof now. They have, a, they have more shootings now than Chicago does. Um, wow. Yeah, I just, if I worked in a big city, I think it's just, I would have the feeling of going, when I went into work, is like, is today the day where I'm going to, do my job and do it well and get in trouble for it. You know? Yeah. You just be a matter. I got another question. What were you going to say? I said, I feel like if you're working in a big city, it's just like a matter of time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that about New York. I knew Chicago was just, I mean, you could pick apart Chicago and it's just a shithole. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, uh, let's see, I got, because you deal with the homeless population to some degree, what are your thoughts on, quote-unquote, solving the homeless population? <laughs> I'm only <laughs> laughing because I know I think we've had this discussion before, so please be honest, or you can just say whatever. I, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know if there is a way to solve it besides, like, even if you throw them all in jail, I mean, <laughs> they need to be off of the street, I think, because they all their problems are all literally all self-induced. I mean, most of it, everyone said like mental health is a big deal. And it is like, we, we deal with mental health issues quite a bit, but in the homeless population, we don't, it's literally just alcoholism and drugs. Like they're always hammered. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter the time of day. They're always bothering somebody. They're always on someone's property then they won't leave. And I just, the way to solve it, I think, would, I guess, be to throw them in jail. But how long do you keep them in jail? And then the taxpayers are paying for them. And it's just, that's a never-ending circle. You should see some of the, the bums that we have that <laughs> they probably have a million dollars in hospital bills that they don't pay for because they're so drunk. There's nothing else we can do with them besides send them to the hospital. Yep. And then it just get, they get recirculated out, and then it's just rinse and repeat. Yeah. You, probably, you probably meet the same people, like, how many times a week? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're on, like, a first-name basis with a lot of them. They know my first name. I obviously know their first name. It's insane. Yeah. And I feel bad. They're taking up a hospital bed, you know, just because they're drunk idiots. So it's a shame. But I don't know what you do. I mean, even when – so we – now we can't uh, kick them off of public land, public property, so they can Mm -hmm. camp in parks. They can camp on the street. They can camp – in, on a sidewalk and there's nothing we can do about it. But even when we could, it was just moving one problem. They were just moving to another place. You know, we were just chasing them around town, moving them is all it was. So, yeah. 
But I do feel bad for those business owners that have bums sitting in front of their business that, because obviously people aren't going to want to go to their business with some drunk idiot sitting in front of it, you know, walking to the door with that. But it's not nearly as bad as Seattle or San Francisco or any of that where they can take a shit on the sidewalk and it's legal. So, (laughs) yeah. Oh, you're so right about that too. It's so true. I can't, I can't remember how many times, uh, I think Nicole was with me when we were in Seattle. I mean, I've been to Seattle a handful of times and there's so many streets that just smell like a freaking porta potty. It's insane. Yeah. And there's, there's no other explanation as to what that smell is, except that is human piss and shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, and I heard, and I don't know if this is true either. I think I read an article, this was a long time ago, but they, uh, San Francisco is fining the business owners if they don't pick up the bums poop in front of their business. So if if a bum (laughs) takes a poop in front of their business, they have to pick it up. You know, I I believe that. I believe it. (laughs) I would be so pissed. Yeah, that's, that's pretty fucked up, but it's California. I mean, are you, are you that surprised? No, I'm not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, another question. And then I have kind of another topic uh we all see departments respond to the needs of the public what would you ask the city slash department to do to support you um you know i just don't i haven't felt support from the the city in so long i wouldn't even know i mean they just everything we do is just so nitpicked and monday morning quarterbacked and why did you do that why did you do that why did you do that maybe just let us do our jobs until they, there's an issue. Like, so lately we've been having a lot of guys, uh, our administration will go through and watch, either listen to their recordings or watch their dash cam footage just proactively. Like there was no reason for them to watch it. Mm-hmm. And if they do something wrong on it, like they curse at somebody or something like that, they get a letter of reprimand. The person didn't complain about it. The, our admin is just proactively looking to get people in trouble. And it's crazy to me. Yeah, um, I would say stop that. I mean, if the person complains about it, then it's one thing, and you find out that the cop messed up, then you, yeah, then you address it then. But don't. Why would you proactively go look for it? Because the morale is already so low in this in this type of work mm. that if you start nitpicking people and especially your good people, because the good cops that are out there working, taking calls, doing more traffic stops, are obviously just statistically going to get more complaints, get more use of forces because they're in contact with way more people. Mm. Um, and those are the cops that get run down or the good ones that are out there doing work because they're the ones getting in trouble. But then you have the lazy ones that don't do shit that don't necessarily get in nearly as much trouble as we do. So I don't That's know. It's crazy. Yeah. Frustrating, man. Just, yeah, just more overall support and even just hearing a good job every now and then goes a long ways. That's nuts. I, 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 I mean, my department, granted, I'm fired. I have no complaints with mine, so it's a totally different world. I'm not even going to compare firefighter versus police <laughs> in regards to dealing with people. I mean, maybe once or twice a year we get someone that hates us, even though we're there putting their house out from burning down. Yeah, like they just, <laughs> but but it's nowhere even like near what you deal with. So uh, I guess my next topic and question, and I only wanted to do this for about maybe an hour and ten. We're coming up on like fifty minutes, so we're we're still pretty good. How did 
did COVID have any impact on how you were doing your daily routine as an officer and how did you handle that? Um, I, I don't think it had a super, I mean, when it first started, I was working our night shift. Um, so obviously everything being closed down made for some really, really long nights. There was nothing <laughs> going on. Um, and I mean, we had to wear masks everywhere and if we didn't, we got written up and all that stuff. Um, other than the, I don't think it changed much of my daily routine other than it being, it was a lot slower for us. Um, yeah, yeah it was pretty boring for a while. It got, uh, it got pretty busy for us. I thankfully didn't have to go on any of, uh, the COVID calls. We called them, uh, signal sevens because there's people that listen to like our dispatch and whatnot. They can't uh, now it's, it's all like encrypted, but then they could hear it. So like, I don't they you know, signal seven and we had to get the whole Tyvek suit thing. I, I have my own, it's like a $5,000 unit. It's a little purifier that hooks onto your belt and the tube goes up behind your head on this. I don't know if you've seen the game halo, but it looks like a halo helmet and I'm wearing <laughs> this like, you know, purified environment of a helmet for all the COVID calls. And because EMS got so busy with 99% of these quote unquote signal sevens, because, you know, the symptoms of COVID was just about everything. Like I'm surprised <laughs> yes. they're like, does your urine smell like you ate asparagus? That might be a COVID symptom <laughs> because it was ever. So everyone, when they started sneezing, Oh, nine one one, I have COVID. So EMS was, uh, basically zeroed out for like, that means every unit is busy. So then you had your firefighters, who we always have like a paramedic on shift. There's always someone that was or is a paramedic. And then guess guess who's showing up on a fire engine for a potential uh, COVID call until an ambulance can come and take them where they need. That was that was us. Yeah. And I remember, dude, it was like 30, 40, 50 signal sevens a day when it started kind of like peaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude it was like every call was just like potential you had to put seven. that whole get up on every time i thankfully didn't have to like i had mine ready to go just because my job um i'm not on a, a duty crew i'm a 40 hour a week firefighter and i have my own uh rig i drive around if i'm at the station and there's a call that goes out and the crew is there i can go on whatever call i want but i'm like eh, i don't really want to deal with medical calls i've been shit on and blood on prior to becoming <laughs> career firefighter and i really don't feel like doing that today so uh yeah i go on all the fires and the car wrecks and the chances of me showing up on scene first because i'm in my awesome red chevy with lights and flashers is pretty high so the chances of me like showing up and establishing command and, and giving a size up are actually higher right faster yeah. um but yeah i didn't have to put on the whole get up but everyone got a set to have right because you never know if i was around the corner of a medical call that might have been signal seven like literally quarter of a mile away and i would have been first one there and the person's like having uh cardiac issues or something yeah i would probably have to go and put on that whole freaking space suit and go in and do the whole thing but thankfully i personally didn't have to do with that but everyone in the department did and i dodged covid like seven times yeah, I don't think I ever got it either. But uh, when we first got, uh, when COVID was first started, they gave us all one mask each. And they said, if we go into a house, we have to wear it. 
And then when we're done wearing it, we have to rub it with hand sanitizer and let it dry. And then that'll, that'll be sanitizing it. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear. That was only one of our sergeants that told us that. And he's, he's a funny dude. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Made it up in his head, but <laughs> I mean, we we were lucky and we had like endless supply of the alpha masks the alpha air masks and then so those ones are like your generic looking white mask that you know anyone can buy then you have like your n95s like yeah you can buy those so we had the alpha air masks that we had to wear all the time if it was like a car wreck and we show up and we're not putting fire out or anything we put the alpha airs on but if it was anything Going inside uh, Signal 7, we put the N95s on. And then that was like one-time use, I think. Toss them when you're done because we had a shitload of them. We, it was like the CARES Act or something where we got a bunch of money. And granted, it took weeks and months to get some of this stuff in because all those factories were behind making them. Yeah. But well, I mean, we still have a shitload of stuff. I got shelves of it in my little warehouse that i keep organized myself of all the gloves and, and masks and tyvek suits and halo helmets and yeah well then so, we got told to wear them on traffic stops which has never made sense to me especially during the day is there i don't ever remember hearing any evidence that covid passes transmits from during the day outside and you're talking to the person for maybe two to three minutes at a time I don't understand why we had to wear it when it was daytime and outside. But I think it was just for the public eye. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Because we did get complaints about that, too. If someone called in saying that they saw an officer not wearing a mask. And the public really likes to complain, man. That's what oh, I learned. Yeah. So we ended up getting fancy department masks made that, that went with our uniform. They, they ended up calling them like uniform masks. So they were like the the dark kind of navy blue with our with our uh, our department patch on it, and it's like you have to wear these with your uniform because we were going into like the store to get our lunch and we're we are in uniform and the I haven't personally had anyone complain to my face about wearing a mask. I think I had one kind of do like a side note like oh I'm glad you're not participating in helping people out by not wearing a mask, whatever. But I know we've had phone calls about some of our guys not doing it. So we spend all this money and get these uniform matched masks. And then we had to wear that with our uniform. And then on calls, we can't wear that mask because technically it doesn't, it wasn't like rated to protect you. It was just for looks. Oh, basically. Yeah. Right. You know, like, so I don't, it get was it. ridiculous. I don't, I don't get, get why it. people would like to complain. For me, it's like, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. That's supposed to protect you, right? It shouldn't matter if I'm wearing a mask or not. Yeah. If you're wearing a mask, you should be protected according to everything that I've read. And then why someone would call to complain about that? It's like, go get a, like, don't you have other things to worry about? I know I do. I would never call to complain about that because I have bigger things to worry about in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people, I, I, She's actually a, I, I call her, she's my friend. She's my, uh, she's my fan. <laughs> um, she followed me one morning, this taxpayer, while I was driving my personal vehicle <laughs> to work. And my license plate says mask up. So now I'm basically like a moving billboard for COVID when, even though I got the plates like prior to COVID and mask up, that term has nothing to do with putting on your COVID mask. But uh, she felt inclined to tail me 
And the strip of road I was going down was 45 miles an hour. Now, I religiously put it on cruise control at 43. It's got a lot of frost heaves and damage in the road still from the big earthquake we had. And they, they've, they've since repaired it, but there's still a lot of dips. Anyways, I always go like 43, 44 down it. And she's riding my ass all the way down. I'm like, man, this person's probably pissed off because I'm going slow. Well, normally I go slower for those people just to make them angry. <laughs> but I just kept going. And then there's a big hill that goes up, and you kind of have to gas it. And granted, yes, sometimes I go over 45, maybe 48 to get up the freaking hill. And then I stable back out at 44, 43. Well, she follows me. I, I thought I lost her at the light, and I turn right, and I stop looking back there. I'm like, ah, she's gone. She follows me into the station, and I park in my spot, and I look behind me, and she's she thought I was going to pull over and talk to her, so she had her window down, and then she guns it next to me. So I roll my driver's side window down. She had her passenger side window down, and she's like, hey. Let, let me ask you something. Your, your license plate says mask up. I was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. There's another person asking me if it's clever because it's COVID or does it, it doesn't mean COVID. Because I, they, I've had people ask me, like, oh, it's, you know, it's good license plate for these times. And I was like, yes, it says mask up. She's like, your license plate says mask up. I was like, yes. I got it six years. And then she, <laughs> she cut me off. She's like, so you're going to tell people to put on a mask, but you're going 50 miles an hour down <laughs> this road when the speed limit is 45. And I have my hands on the steering wheel and I look at my cruise control because on my Ford, when you put it on cruise control, if you hit the brake or, or change the speed, the number is still there, but it's grayed out with the line through it until oh, I yeah. hit the off button. So I can come to a total stop as long as I didn't hit the off button and it's still there. So there it was, 43 with a line through it. And I look at it and I'm like, and I kind of grin and I look at her. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I was going 43. She's like, no, no, I was right behind you and I was going 45. And I was like, okay, if she says I was speeding, she was right behind me to a point where I couldn't see her headlights. So even if I was going 50 and she was that close to me, she was going faster than 45. Let's be honest. And anyways, I, and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I was going 43. And she said, no, no, I was right behind you. And she said, do you work here? Are you a firefighter here? I was like, yeah. She said, well, you are speeding. How can you speed? How can you go the speed limit and then tell people to mask up? You're not even being safe, but not going the speed limit. <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty sure I was. Life. What that? Did you tell her to go get a life? No, I wanted to. But it's like anytime this happens to me, I am always in uniform or on the clock. Yeah. Like I, I, I want it, I want it to happen when I'm not on the clock, like, please. So I, I tell her this, that yes, I'm a firefighter here. I was totally honest with her. She's a taxpayer. I can't lie. I mean, Christ, I got a firefighter's plate and I just pulled into the fire department. Duh. I work here. So she was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. After I insisted that I was going 43. So she leaves. I go tell my chief. So yeah, you're probably going to get a complaint. This is what happened. I went over the whole thing word for word. And then just after lunch, uh, my chief's like, yeah, we're going to have to have you write a statement because she emailed this chief, the only one she can find on Google. And uh, 
he forwarded it to me and she's like, she was, she typed it in caps. I didn't see it, but he's like, yeah, she was basically <laughs> yelling in the email and she's not creating a very good argument. And she said that you're extremely rude to her and that you were raising your voice, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh hell no. If you're going to challenge me on something that you're accusing me of, you better be ready. Cause I'm going to go and get, I'm going to get d- detective on you and present every piece of information that I can. So I wrote it in a script form, like you would read a play so I called her like angry and then the road name uh, lady <laughs> and then says and then colon and then what she said and then Ian says and then I just did it all the way down, <laughs> sent it to my chief and then I go to the camera footage and I pull the angle. There's two cameras, thankfully. I pull the angle that it's you could see her face kind of her silhouette in her vehicle and then the angle to where you can see me looking out the window. So I pull both. And then I just, I save them both. And you can see her silhouette, like throwing her arms and pointing her finger. And you just see me like with my hands on the steering wheel, like smiling and looking at her, clearly not raising my voice or being rude. And that was the end of it for now. And then two weeks later, same time, like 7.58 in the morning, same road. I'm going 43. <laughs> and she's behind me. There and I, I didn't was. Know, I didn't know either. And then she follows me into the parking lot again. And then I park. And I just look at her like, is she going to come over and say something again? Because I, I, I'm not going to say what Chief said I could say. But <laughs> she's sitting there just clapping her hands. Like, congratulations, you're going to speed limit. And then she went home. That's so weird. Get I, know. I know. So everyone's like, you know, that's like stalking. That's harassment. So they were trying to pull the footage and get her plate. But the sun was so bright, it was lighting up the, pra- the plate to where you couldn't, uh, you couldn't even read it. It was like so HD, you couldn't see it. Hmm. Like yeah, that. you should see what people call the police for, man. People really need to get lives. There was a call once, like the stupidest one I can remember is a, uh, in one of the stores in town. It's like a, like a Costco store, like a warehouse type store. Mm-hmm. There, there was a bird in there and someone called in to say that the bird looked tired and they were concerned about it. <laughs> I cannot believe that someone would call the police for that. I can't. But it's the world we live in, man. I know. It is. It is. We get a lot of anal bleeding calls for some reason. That's so common. I don't understand it. Anal bleeding. Uh, the one of the most funniest ones I think was a 21 year old female got her period and she had a headache. She called 911. <laughs> to be fair, though, if I was anal bleeding i would probably call 911 well, as well i i would too but okay so so i i understand the call but it's funny when dispatch has to say it because the first time i heard it uh <laughs> it was someone that lived in bum f nowhere so i'm like well they're gonna be bleeding a while before anyone shows up but it was like i was on shift it was like 10 at night and i'm sitting at the table the guys went to bed and the call went out for uh for a town far away from mine to where, like, like small, small town. And uh, Paige went out. Uh, it was 26-year-old female with anal bleeding, is what they said. Exact words. Obviously, EMS response, not fire. But we hear it all. And I'm waiting. Five minutes go by. The page goes out again. Such and such, fu- uh, such, and such EMS. 26-year-old female experiencing anal bleeding. And then they give the time, and then I hear my captain like, Jesus fucking Christ, does she have to keep saying anal bleeding every time? <laughs> I'm like, yes, she does. 
Yeah, if I was a dispatcher, I'd probably say it too to make everyone feel awkward. You know, I would too. Just I'm actually pretty. Yeah. Um, yes. So I don't know. I can go to the anal bleeding calls, man. I couldn't do that. No way, dude. I'm contemplating if I should share the shit on call. No, I won't because you don't like poop. No, I hate poop. <laughs> so I won't get into that. But I've been pooped on. That's disgusting, bro. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I won't get into it. I, I guess I'll have to refrain from uh, doing specific calls just in the event that person that shit on me might come across my podcast and say <laughs> that was me. <laughs> but, uh, dude, if you do, you're freaking welcome, man. Those are brand new bunker pants, by the way. Ugh. Dude. <sighs> did, you go, did you go home after? I would have to. No, no I was. The rest of the day. I was doing a. It wasn't a. Yeah, it was a 24 hour. 24 hour shift. So, no. Did it ruin your day? Uh, it ruined my night. I had a good story to tell. I got bit by some chick and it was gross. And I would rather be <laughs> bit 25 times than pooped on. <laughs> Even if it was the most like drugged out person? It was. And yeah, still, I would do that. <laughs> oh, man. I've had poop in the back of my car and that was pretty gross. So poop and puke. God, I can yeah. do it. You, you ever want to do firefighting? Huh? I, I wish in high school someone would have told me, be a fireman, man. That's actually <laughs> the joke around our office is everyone's like, uh, we always say just that randomly. I'm like, should have been a fireman. Everyone always <laughs> says <that> randomly. <laughs> yeah. In, in certain situations, we're always like, yeah, worst case scenario, we can just become a cop. <laughs> <laughs> True, because this yeah. day and age, they'll take anybody that doesn't have a felony and kids breathing. <laughs> so, oh well, any anything more that you want to get off your chest as a police officer? I had another question and I totally lost it, but we're coming up on an hour and seven minutes. Um, as how, how do you think? I guess we could solve this issue between the public just shitting on police i know the easy answer is just like education like i always say all those people that shit on cops um they voice their opinions on how cops should do their job well in england they carry bobby sticks and they're not even armed um blah 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 i always say you know what if you're going to have that strong of opinion on it to tell them how they should do their job then you should probably balls up and apply because i know they're hiring (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my response. And I usually don't get a response back, <clears throat> which means I win. So uh, <laughs> how, how do you how do you think we can solve this? I guess go back to the norm pre George Floyd. I, I mean, there's been times in history other than George Floyd where cops have been in the same situation as yeah. the whole George Floyd incident. I guess it's not the first time, um, but it's the most recent time. So it's the one we're talking about. How do you think we could fix this, get it back to normal, get some respect going back to our officers? What, what do we do? Because I have no idea. Obviously, I think exactly what you said, like the um, the education piece of it. Like there's a, I remember watching a video not too long ago on a YouTube. Uh, there was, a, was an NFL player, a black NFL player who was pretty 
openly anti-police, and this was before George Floyd that he did this, um, but he went to Denver PD and did a ride-along, and then, because he was he played for the Broncos, and then he went in there like a use-of-force scenario training decision-maker thing, mm-hmm. um, and he shot unarmed people in the scenarios. He got shot multiple times in the scenarios, and he came out and was like, that was very eye-opening because I had no clue, like, it was as hard as this, like... So I think doing stuff like that, doing ride-alongs, um, and then it's literally going to have to be the news, right? Because no one's – people that hate the police aren't openly – they're not mature enough to the, – the ones that bash the police, the AOC and all that, they're not mature enough to even entertain an opposing opinion or even, like, come up with solutions on how we can meet in the middle because they don't want to meet in the middle. So it's going to have to be people like those are going to have to be not in the news media as much. Yeah. That's going to be what, and the news is going to continue to do it as long as it makes some money. So it does. And and it's kind of crazy. And I guess we'll, we can close on this. My, my sole enemy in this country is the media. And I know I talk a lot of shit about the left and, and there are those on the left that I have friends that are, they're liberals, but they're not radical liberals. They yeah. have the ability to call out when their liberal comrades are out of order and just being totally stupid and, and not open to ideas. I have a very small handful of people like that, but they exist. But, and I know, like I said, I bash them a lot. Um, I understand a lot of the folks that I guess I'm friends with, they're trying to do the whole kill them with kindness thing. And part of me, I'm conflicted daily i don't know i don't know how to stop thinking about it because i feel like there's so few of us worried about where all this is going um so i every time i tell myself "Ah, stop stop thinking about it stop reading it it's like well who who is going to then (laughs) not many folks are going to so i feel two ways yes kill them with kindness uh education and and encouraging them to research and learn Side note, do you know it takes 7 to 15 minutes of research to change one's opinion and or entire ideology? That's insane. I did not know that. that. That's an average. So if you're telling me that a lot of these folks on the left, because th- th- that's my opposing side, I understand there's radicals on the right, but they can't do 7 to 15 minutes of research to come back with an argument it's like all the fuel and ammo they have is what the media tells them. And that's their source of research. So my thing is I feel the tyrant in me. I wish that we could shut the media up all across the board for like six months, force them to not speak. Yes. That's a form of censorship. Yes. I should be totally against it. But this little quote I kind of made up was un-American problems such as, biased media require un-American solutions at times. No. Yeah. I'm not saying permanently shut them up, but it's like, you know what? If, because they're not supposed to be biased, right? Journalists. They're supposed to just give the news. Yeah. And they don't. From what I remember. None of them do. Even Fox News is fairly biased, you know? Oh, they're getting worse every day. Like they're one of the last ones not owned by the same four corporations. And, if I remember correctly, and my dad will probably correct me on this later, uh, 
CEO of Fox died last June, and the person who took it over was a little bit more left-leaning than he was, and it's only a matter of time before, I think, like, Tucker Carlson and one other guy are kind of the last right-leaning folks. The rest of them are, they're getting there. But that's my confliction on a daily basis is, yeah, part of me, like, I fully believe in, like, let's learn together, but how do you force the stubborn ones down to at least invest 7 to 15 minutes of their lives in looking into something, let's just say like Trump or politics. My, my favorite example is this. There was a very liberal lesbian on TikTok. She's 55 years old. Um, and she was on a podcast that I listened to, uh, The John Dawson Perspective. And she had changed political platforms and beliefs in like oh, the span of a few weeks after being left Democrat for 50 years of her life. She did one simple thing. She watched the entire speech of Donald Trump when he was asked about MS-13 and the news twisted to where he said all Mexicans are animals. <laughs> okay. So she watched his entire speech. I don't know if they, they put his speeches live on like whitehouse.gov or something. Some, somehow the, the footage of the speech that's not filtered through a news source, like raw from the white house or wherever he gave the speech, she yeah. watched it. And then she immediately went to the recorded CNN after the speech. And she, she watched like firsthand side by side, finally of how CNN twisted it so much and she's like, that's not what he said at all. It was like a 15-minute speech. And then in 30 seconds, they diced up 15 minutes of speech into 30 to 60 seconds, twisted it, and made him look like a racist. And it was that moment and then a couple times after that were, you know, 50 years of being a Democrat. And she changed over the span of a few weeks to where her freaking TikTok name is like right-sided lesbian art. <laughs> you know, like she's full on to the right now. It's like... And I feel like I have to do that with a lot of people, but that they won't commit to it. to yeah, it just shows that she's more mature to even listen to an opposing. Cause at, at the time she didn't even like Donald Trump and, but she realized that she's an adult and can listen to an opposing opinion without getting angry about it, you know? Yeah. And it might change your mind. What's the problem with it changing your mind? If it's, if it's right, it's right. You know? Yeah. And, and I didn't mean to get like political, but you know, in the end, I think the main problem of this entire country, whether it's how we view the police, how we're viewing politics, the main enemy is media, and I have no idea how to fix it other than the way of the sword because the pen isn't working. That's another quote I started using. <laughs> it used to be the pen is mightier than the sword, and I'm like, well, how long are we going to use the pen till it's out of ink and no changes and all that's left is the sword? <laughs> Yep, I agree, Ian. I agree. All right, man. Well, I appreciate this. I think uh, we did pretty good not uh, dropping dropping too much info. I don't have to edit anything except, like, the first three minutes. Yeah. Just make sure, yeah. Make sure we – I didn't say anything that would uh, get me in trouble, you know? I don't think (laughs) you did. If you did, I would have caught up on it and probably would have made a vocal note, like, oh, edit this out at such time. (laughs) Cool, man. yeah, I appreciate you having having you on, and I think this app is going to work uh, pretty good. I yeah, can, I can, it sounds like this. I can hear you perfectly clear. 
Yeah, I'm using my headphones, uh, the the Apple headphones that come with the phone, and it has that mic like real close to the mouth. It's first time using the mic. Oh, yeah, so, you, I can hear you perfectly. Sweet. I'm actually excited to put this out there. Cool, man. So, yeah, man, appreciate it. And for everyone listening either live or later, this is the first time we're using Spotify Green Room. I think I'm going to continue to use it in regards to having multiple people on at once without me having to hook up so much shit and go through the technological loops. And we'll have these little Green Room episodes more often. So uh, anything else, uh, Officer Tay Zer? No, nothing else from me. All right, man. Uh, I guess we'll catch you later. All right, see you, dude. All right, later.